0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. Uh, we're in the midst of a five-part series. We started last week with friendship, and we're just we're looking at the most important relationships of our lives. So uh, this series is based upon the idea that relationships are most important, right? Because all sorts of stuff are not going to last, right? My, my new truck or my old truck isn't going to last uh, no matter how hard I take care of it. Uh, my house, no matter how much I take care of it, it's not going to last. But what will last for all eternity is relationships, our relationships with God and our relationships with one another. And so our series is based upon this idea that, you know, humans are designed in God's image and God is perfect community. He's perfect relationship. And so he said, let's create man and woman in our image, this perfect community, so that they would experience that as well. Uh, the Ten Commandments speak of, uh, the five, first five speak of our relationship with God. The next five speak of our relationship with one another and how we do that. Jesus, when asked, said, hey, you know, here's what's most important. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, right? That vertical relationship and then love your neighbor as yourself. The horizontal relationship. So relationships are what's most important. And Jesus too says for all of his followers, like as Christians, like, uh, look, your, your job, like your calling, your mission is to receive my love. That's what he says to us. And then take that and then just go, just shower everybody else with it. Right. I mean, it, it, in a basic level, that's what a Christian is, is to just be a huge receiver of God's love. And then just to go share that all throughout other spaces. And some people, we apply that and we say, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go out and do this. But then they forget, well, what about my most important relationships? And so that's why we're going over those. Um, our theme verse for the series is John 13 verse 34. And it says uh, a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And so um, the key point with that is, is that, um, Love one another as I have loved you. So we're not, we're not trying to approach this by saying, um, we're not trying to approach it by saying, uh, you know, hey, just go apply these things. I, I'm, 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 I'm talking about something that we actually can't do to the level that's intended unless we receive God's love. Now, you can have great relationships. You can love right? Because God made us in his image. And so we, we do things like God, you can love, but for lasting, true transformational, lasting love, we need God's love. We need God's love because the hurts in this world are greater than our ability to love over them. So we need God's, we need God's love in that. So as we talk about marriage today, um, it's one of the most difficult things to actually talk about. Why? Um, because it, um, we all have different experiences, every single one of us. Uh, and, and that depends on the time. Uh, like you could, uh, you could be like me. I come from a divorced home. And so when you talk about marriage, I just don't think of my own, but I think of my parents' marriage in my experience. Right. Um, when Michelle, my wife and I, uh, got engaged, uh, you know, we were just so excited. And so we just went and told everybody. And it was interesting because uh, we got all across the whole gamut. We got tons of different uh, responses, you know, and um, talked to Christians, -Christians, non-Christians, you know, people that are married a long time, people that have been married a short time, uh, all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, uh, some responses were like, well, first six months is good. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. It's like, if, you know, if you go a car salesman, like, you know, Hey, that first trip, drive it off the lot. It's really good get it home. But then after that goes downhill, breaks down, you know, like why would I want to buy? Right. Um, uh, other people just like, well, you'll see marriages work. You know, I mean, literally it was just like one after another, just kind of those responses. And, um, and people like shared lots more details about, you know, all these things and, and they can see. And, and so, um, Like my, like I grew up, you know, parents divorced middle school, uh, when I was in middle school, Michelle, her parents, uh, you know, been married 50 plus years at that time, you know, 30, um, or so. And, and so different, different experiences. And so we're bringing that, we're blending that together. And it was great because every once in a while we would hear, you're going to love being married. You're going to love it. And, and there was one couple in particular, it, they just like die. You're going to love it. Marriage is awesome. We're like, great. That's what I was looking for. That, you know, that right there, that's, that's, that's a good one. And so it's important though, to go back to the basics of the Bible. So it's football season. Right. Even though it's preseason, start, you're starting up high school, college football. And so, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi, uh, the Lombardi trophy Super Bowl. There's a, a story, uh, that, uh, at the start of one season, he, he went to the basics. He took the football and he said to his team, he says, gentlemen, this is a football. And so that's similar to what we're doing today. So, so what is, what is marriage? Well, marriage is God's idea. it's absolutely his his idea we need to remember that and it's communicated in the second chapter of genesis very well and in there we see a man and a woman giving themselves to one another in marriage and we see it defined by god and so genesis chapter 2 verse 20 let's start there it says He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So there's a discovery process that God has taken Adam through here. And he's really dialing him in, in in what he was made for and who he was made for. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So God designed marriage to be a picture of his love, his unity, and his nearness so that all people would be able to see. So as you see in verse 24, where it says a man will leave or he leaves his parents, the the idea here is, is to loosen. So if he's tied to his parents relationally, like the most important part of him tied to his parents in any other relationship, He's loosening that he's untying like a, like a boat from a dock untying and going to another dock or another port. And then it says joined to be glued uh, or joined means like to be glued or to stay close, like literally. And the way the original kind of works here is it's built up that it's like, uh, this is a, 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 a continuation. If it's, if it's loosed, then it has to be connected or tied. Right? Because if we're loosed from that relationship, there's another one that we have to tie to. So, uh, some versions say like cleave. Okay. So a man will, uh, leave his parents and cleave to his wife. And, and also to the, the idea of staying close. Right? I mean, we could just talk about that. Like we could just apply that principle day when we talk about marriages and just say, you know what? Stay close. If we just applied that one thing, the needle would move on our relationship, stay close. So, and then it says that they'll be united into one. So, uh, this is, they are one and they're becoming one, those that are married. So, it's a, yes, you're one, but you're also becoming one. It's a journey. Uh, like the comment, like the comment about like, hey, first six months are good. Like, well, that person was a person saying, like they were talking about the sex relationship. That's what they, they gave more detail. And it was this idea that like, and I heard that from several people actually, it was this idea that like, hey, some things in your married relationship, like great, but once the honeymoon's over, like whatever. And there's this idea out there that the bar has been set so low that things are exciting or good when you first get together, but then over time, those things fade away. Let me tell you, God's design is that every area of your relationship and marriage is to get better over time, better and better because everything is about intimacy and becoming one. And so everything improves as you are more one with one another and are close with each other. And then it says they were naked, but felt no shame. So the idea here is that, um, is that, um, there was nothing hidden. Don't get too focused on the naked there's nothing hidden. Like they're, they're not hiding anything and it's with God. They're not hiding from God and they're not hiding from one another. And this is important because let me tell you, hiding is a problem in our world. It absolutely is. You may remember the story of Jacob in, in, In the Old Testament, right? He, he was called the, the heel catcher because he, like, you know, he had a twin and he was born. He's like, he was even kind of manipulating and hiding from the beginning as he's being born. And then he goes and he goes to a relative and he finds a wife. But then, but then the, the father of the daughters, he, uh, tricks him. He serves for a period of time, tricks him to actually marrying the other daughter instead. And he serves and he's tricked, but then all of a sudden he, now he has to serve even more for the wife that he wanted. And through that, he learned that manipulation and hiding is not good. It was coming back to him, right? And then Jacob, who ended up being the father, his name was changed to Israel. Why? Because he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God and, and he, and then after that, he walked with a limp, right? Because God touched his hip because he wouldn't let go. And so he was finally broken and he was he was finally tired of manipulating he was finally tired of hiding. And so the marriage relationship is one of the hardest to hide or manipulate in. And yet people and yet people do it. We all do it to a certain extent. Afraid of intimacy, afraid of truly being who we are. And yet God has given it so that in that we would become real. In that we would become Like him as well. So this, this passage here, um, you know, about man and woman, um, you know, uh, coming together in marriage, Jesus confirmed this, that this was God's design, uh, in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, we see Jesus reference this passage in the Old Testament. Hey, this is this is what God designed. Uh in Paul references in Genesis 1 and 2 in regard to marriage, he references in Ephesians 5, um, chapter 5 about this same idea. So that you see it consistent throughout scripture. Um a key point is is that we never have to wonder about um God's love for us. Romans 5:8 says that while we were still sinners, God sent Christ to die for us. In other words, like you can never say that the reason Jesus loves you or he died for you, came and died on a cross is because of your performance. Because that ripples throughout all time is that all people, you were messed up, you were dirty, you were unclean before any of that happened. And so it's not based upon anything other than his unconditional love. And so we never have to wonder how God feels about us. That is how it's supposed to be in marriage. Nothing hidden. No games, no manipulation, just wide open. Easy, right? No, it's very difficult. You know, the couple I referenced earlier that said, you're going to love marriage. It's awesome. At that time, you know, they had uh, kind of preteens, almost teens. And uh, boy, uh, you know, now 22 years later, I've been able to see some of the battles that they've gone through, you know, the struggles with kids and other things and pressure on their marriage and those things. And they've had some battles. So what's hard is is if, even if though you say marriage is awesome, which it is, you still will have those battles that come up. And so what do you do? Right? Like, cause just saying like, look, marriage is from God and we're just, just, hold on till the rapture come quickly lord you know like like i don't know right I and mean, what that no is is there something better than that is there something better that we can do um what i want to share with you guys is uh is what i've learned from counseling people doing premarital counseling with um with many couples and then also doing marriage counseling with many couples for i don't know 20 plus years and uh Michelle and I, my wife, we we typically do that together, and we love it because as we share the tools and the insight that we have learned when we did premarital counseling as a couple, and then and then share those with people getting married or or they're having trouble, we share those. It it sharpens us again because we're like, oh man, you know, we're not practicing that. And so the things I want to share with you are practical. They're not ethereal. They're not up in the clouds. This is stuff that really works. Because when you're in trouble and you're hurting or things are bad, you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you have to do so much. And what I'm going to share with you is actually so powerful because it's so simple and it's not, it's not like you don't have to be brilliant to do it. It's actually common sense, but it's not common practice. So the first thing is that. In our passage, our key verse, Jesus says, love the same way that I have loved you. And so um, that's hard. It's saying love out of the love that I've given you, but our families are involved, right? Like our family of origin is involved. So like when I married Michelle, Michelle just wasn't marrying me. She was marrying my dad, my mom, my brother, you know, like the town that I grew up in, my experiences, the divorced home. So the family of origin has incredible, incredible influence, just not upon our marriage relationship, but every relationship. And so it, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, the traditions of the families, the uh, you know, the, 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 the conflicts like how you handle conflict in your family. Michelle's family handles conflict very different than, than mine did. Um, uh, money, like how you handle money, how you handle communication. How do you communicate with one another? Uh, my, I was, I was basically a bachelor from the time I was 11 years old. I lived with my dad when my parents got divorced and I was a bachelor basically from 11 until, until we got married. Right. Is so, uh, I just, I kind of did what I wanted. And so I was on really good behavior while we were dating and, uh, and engaged. And, and then when we had our first meal in our first apartment, uh, I remember sitting there and she cooked this wonderful, it was the first meal, first dinner. And we sit down and I'm like, I'm, 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 not, ex- I'm not exaggerating. I'm done in a minute. <laughs> and I look up, oh, she's just staring at me. <laughs> And she's like, what are you doing? And what I realized is like um m- when my mom and dad were together, like family meals, it was a big deal. Like we always had meals together. But I had gotten out of practice because just I was a bachelor, right? But then all of a sudden, healing came like, oh. So I worked my way up to two minutes, three and beyond and and learned. But, but so, you know, Michelle married all of that family origin. So what's beautiful about Jesus is that when we believe in him, we become a part of his family. So in John chapter one, verse 12, it says that all those that believe he gave the right to be children of God. And so when we believe we become a part of God's family. And so our family of origin, which all of ours at some level or another are broken is now The family of God is now superimposed over that. You know, I like to think it's like, it's something that's fluid. And so ours that are broken and cracked and these things and the family of God, like it says to, to cleave, like to be glued to, like you put that on and it's almost like glue and it just fills in the cracks of our lives. God redeems our very families by joining his family. And so now when I go to my marriage or I go to any relationship, I don't have to live out of my family of origin that was so broken and and, and so messed up. I can actually live out of God's family, perfect family. That's what we can do in his family. And so um, when he says, love each other the same way I've loved you, it's a perfect love. And so it's all about receiving So first, I just want to take the pressure off you. And and this is, this is what I talk about when, you know, a couple comes and just like, we need help is I dial in and we try to dial in on number one, receiving, you know, like, are you receiving God's love? You know, like, like, are you, are you clenched fists, right? Clenched fists, you can't, you can't receive or give. You know, and so if you're receiving God's love, God, just here I am. And you can get off track all sorts of things. Um, gosh, I did it this morning. I realized recently I wasn't receiving God's love. Like I, w- I was kind of postured differently because, um, and I realized I, I kind of, lately I just was, I, I had all sorts of ideas and uh, a critic and all sorts of things. And I'm just like, Lord, my heart, my heart about things. Here I am, here's my heart again. And just like all of a sudden, whoa, whoa there, there you are, Lord, you actually didn't leave, but I was, I was hardening my heart because I wasn't receiving your love. So we don't receive love because we, we kind of get strong in ourselves and, 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 you know, that sort of thing. So here's some principles. Okay. Uh, some principles of marriage. And these are typically the three main things that I hit besides that, as far as receiving the love of Jesus is, uh, these are three stressed areas. Usually, uh, one is space. Uh, typically in a marriage that's hurting is that there is, uh, the space is stressed. So in other words, the environment. The environment is, n- is not a place where healthy things can grow. Uh, the environment is not a place that, that it's easy to uh, do healthy things and to, and to love each other. And uh, that can happen with any environment over time. The ecosystem is off. Uh, the, the next area is posture, is attitude, right? Uh, attitude is so powerful. The posture, attitude that we that we bring to things. And then the third one is time. That time is off. The time factor is off. That is just, I will tell you, as we drill down and talk to people in marriage counseling, it's just the time thing. They're trapped by time. And so it's like, even though they know something's wrong in their marriage, they say, wow, if I only had the time to do this because of all the other things. And so let's first look at space. So um, you want to create healthy relational space. Okay. And what's hard is, is that you have the pressure of, wow, this really isn't good or working or or this is really hard or this isn't satisfying or this isn't fulfilling. You have that. And then you're like, you want to go after that. But a lot of health and, and growth and moving forward in relationship is indirect. You can try all you want to try to go directly after things and it won't necessarily work. But if you go indirect... And create a space that you can actually do those things, it's a lot easier. So um, here's the key thing with that is good manners. Again, common sense, but not common practice. You know, as you get to know somebody more and more, you stop having manners. Like you'll talk to your spouse like in a way that you would not talk to a stranger. You'll talk to your spouse in a way that you wouldn't talk to the people at work or the neighbor or those things. And it's because you're so familiar. And so um, those pave the way for good communication. And if you have good communication, you can have a good marriage. But without good communication, you really can't have a good marriage, a healthy marriage. So here's what good manners are. Please. Oh, come on, Cody. Give me something that works. This works, please. Thank you, compliments, look for the best. Because the way our minds are structured is you can get in your head like, man, they stink, they're terrible, they never partner with me, they never help me, they never do this, they're always doing this or they're always critical of me or whatever. So if that's the tape you're playing in your head, then you look for evidence of that. And if you look for evidence, that's the things you're looking for. Look for the best. Look for the things that, that your spouse does well. Look for the things that are there. And listen, the thank yous, not just like extra credit, but the stuff that's normal. Thank you for, for, for cleaning the house. Thank you for taking out the trash. Thank you for working so hard. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking care of the kids. They, like, right? You cannot, you can try, but you cannot have friction if you build that kind of environment. Well, Cody, you're not really dealing with the issue here. Oh, yes, I am. Because the issue is the way you treat one another. The issue is you're not loving one another. And so good manners pave the way for good communication. And also real practical, focus on having four positive interactions to one negative. And if you really want to get technical, track your interactions, like if you're in a bad space, and I guarantee you, you're having a lot more negative than positive because there's all these little interactions that are negative. And so if you have four positive to one negative, you're going to get somewhere because you're building something, right? And so uh, Proverbs sixteen twenty four says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So, flip that around and not kind words or hurtful words do the same thing. And so, uh, the next one is posture. So, posture, instead of having a bad attitude, adopt a servant's heart. Well, yeah, but they, right? Listen, part of this series is is we're trying to grow up, right? There's a saying, I want to grow up before I grow old. Part of it is, is saying like, I'm responsible. I can't control what somebody else does, but I'm going to control what I can. And so, deciding to adopt a servant heart. So, I'm not going to approach somebody and be overbearing. I'm not going to approach somebody, you know, uh, hey, uh, you need to do this for me. But I'm going to approach with a servant's heart. And this is, this is hard, especially when there's deep wounds in marriages. Because you already feel unsafe, you already feel like trust has been broken. And so, to adopt a servant's heart, it's hard. And 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 uh, some of you may be thinking of the extremes. If there's abuse, if there's hurt, or those, th- 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 I'm talking about a situation where you have two people that are healthy in the sense that they value the other person there, you know, um, and they want the best for the other person. Not not a, a situation where there's um, uh, extreme harm in those things. And so adopting a servant heart, number one is pray for your spouse. Right? Pray for them. And a lot of times what we'll do is, is, is uh, the first time we'll meet with people, uh, it, whether they're really people of faith or not, you know, most people have something in there. And, and if, if I'm talking to them, they, they, they want God in their marriage. That's typically why I'm talking to somebody is they, they because we, that's what we do. We help people know God. And so we get done. and Say, hey, listen, I want you guys to pray for each other. Really? Yeah. You pray for him and you pray for her right when? Right now. And, and not once have I had somebody, Lord, I just pray you'd get them. Just <laughs> just get them just in the presence of the pastor and his wife. Just get them. You know? No, it's it's the, the heart, even though they've been going after each other, possibly for the last hour in different ways, the heart, what, what do you do? Because there's a humbleness before God and like, God, thank you. That's typically how it starts. Thank you for my husband. Bless him. Thank you for my wife. Bless her. And now you're getting somewhere. And so pray for your spouse, help them out, right? We have certain agreements and, you know, like, Hey, uh, you do this. I do that certain roles, certain things, help them out, right? They're struggling. They need some, Hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How, uh, like, how, how can I, how can I help you get done what you need to get done? And and then the next thing that plays in that is defined roles, listen, this is a key thing. If your marriage is stressed or even if it's not, You need to constantly redefine your roles. And what that means is in your job assignments and those things, right? You you do work, you do everything else you do, anything you do, you define roles and you define like how things are going to function. But a lot of times in marriage or our home, we don't do that. We just like, well, it'll work out. And so what are the roles like, well, you take care of this, I'll take care of this, or, you know, uh, you've been doing this and, but I can help with that and, and, and communicating about those things. So that's, that's the posture is taking a servant's heart. And then the last one is, 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 um, is time. And so without a doubt, the majority of the time, time has been taken from the marriage. Whereas like the way you came together is by spending time with each other, right? Like, oh, we were together all the time. Our friends were so annoyed. We were, if we weren't together, we were talking on the phone. And then somehow you get married and then it's like, well, I got to be with my friends. Well, I got to be with my friends. Well, I got to do this. Well, I got to do this. And then you wonder why things aren't good. Or, or whether things will head that way is because you're not giving each other the time. And so Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 16 says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So the word make here in the Greek actually speaks of like redeeming or, or buying back. So it's saying, get your time back. That's what a lot of us have to do is get your time back from the other areas because there's not one other person in your life. Currently, if you are married or you want to be married that you've said, I'm all yours and you're all mine. And so why would we live any other way than they have the priority on our time? And so you buy back your time. You take control of your calendars. One thing to tell people is like, so so this is important for you guys to be together. Are you on each other's calendars if you keep a calendar? Well, no. Why would I would do that? Well, it's prioritized, right? Like this is the time that we do. And you know, it, By the way, that'll transform any relationship that you have is by scheduling something and making it a priority in your life, right? We do it We do it for the gym. Uh, we do it for work. We do it for uh, recreation or exercise, all sorts of things. We do that. And we say, I'm going to do this. But if we say, you have my time, nothing messes with that. The first area when it comes to this is uh, friendship. And here's what I want to say you will never have the marriage that you dream of or God intended for you to have, unless you decide that your spouse is your best friend. It's it's just the truth. Well, yeah, but Steve, man, I mean, like we used to race cars together and do all kinds, you know, and all sorts of stuff. And we did this and, you know, and it doesn't matter. You decide that the most important person in your life is your spouse. Well, she doesn't like to do the things I like to do. Right, there's two of you here. So you create something together. It doesn't mean you have to do everything together, but you put time in. I've seen relationship after relationship after relationship transformed when people decide I'm gonna have friendship with my spouse. Because you say, well, I, it, it's indirect well, no, this is my wife or this is my husband. It's not my friend. No, make it them your friend and be a good friend to them. So, decide that this person is the person you're going to have the most fun with. It doesn't mean that you have to like all the same things. It doesn't mean you have to be alike, any of that. But it means that you're going to double down and say, you know what? I'm going to have fun with you. This is what I'm going to enjoy. Without a doubt, it's it's typically like, well, yeah, you know, she... She's always out with her friends or yeah, he's always out with his friends or, or, you know, and and there are times where somebody's like, well, no, you unhealthy way. Like, no, you can't have friends You're with me. I'm not talking about that. You should have friends and you should have those things. And I, re- I realized too, it's elusive. Sometimes it's hard because, you know, you want to find a couple that you can hang out with or a group you can hang out. With. So it's hard, right? Cause you want to relate to others, but make your spouse, your best friend and decide to build that in. And then the next thing is recreation. So the word recreation is recreate. It recreates relationship. And so listen, if you want to move, like if you just want to shut off now or forget everything else, do this one thing out of all the things. Take a walk with your spouse. Most days. Just take, take a 15, 20, 30 minute walk recreate together. Or if you're runners or hikers, or you can go more extreme or ride bikes or whatever, but just do something where you recreate, where you recreate, where you do something. Or if you're not able to do those things, do a puzzle together or do something together and you will recreate that relationship. And then the, the, the last thing is this, um, and this is just terribly practical, I know, so boring, um, is uh, have business and uh, like family meetings. Right. Like you're all part of companies or schools or workplaces or different things. And you guys have meetings. Why? You have meetings so that you get on the same page, so that you decide and clarify and, and set out what you're going to do. But how, how do we think that we can live 50, 60 years with somebody and not have meetings? We have meetings, but typically they're on the fly, right? When the emotions are hot and, and, and we just communicate like in those moments and then, and then, the worst version of ourselves shows up. So if you can just decide like, Hey, during this time I'm going to, we're going to meet and we're going to talk and discuss things and share how things are going. And you approach that differently because it's not always in the heat of the moment. And so, by the way, there's a book on the bottom of your outline. There's a book. Um, the five love languages, um, uh, the Secret to Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. Um, that's a good book to read. Uh, it just talks about how people, different people like different love languages. Typically we'll approach people like the way we want to be loved. And so if time is, is like your thing, like, you know, you'll, you'll try to love them with time or, or if presents are your thing, you'll try to do presents. But, and then you sit there and love them and be like, man, I don't know what's wrong with this person. Well, they're not you. And so you you find out how your spouse likes to be loved. Um, there's another book there too, uh, called, uh, keep your love on and, um, by Danny silk. And, and that that's excellent too. And look through that, you know, as we start these groups, I mean, there may be, you know, a couple or maybe a few couples, maybe if you want to gather one of those books and, and have a small group, you know, read that and go through that together and walk through it. Those are great books for small groups. So, um, as we, as we look at this, you guys, um, I realize, you know, you know, some of you are like, well, I I'm I'm widowed, or I'm not married anymore, or I'm divorced, or I'm single, or I'm not at that place, or you know, so right, we're all in different places with these things. Um, and so the th- principles that are here are applicable to whatever relationship, right? Because they're not they're not just zeroed in on, on marriage. There's things that you can apply to absolutely everything. But Marriage, for whatever reason, it starts the book talking about marriage, which is what we read today, and it ends talking about marriage. In the book of Revelation, it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it's Jesus marrying his bride. Well, who's the bride? All the guys are like, man, you were pushing on me, and now you push me over the edge. I'm no bride. But that's exactly what you are. If, if you've decided that you're the beloved of God, if you've decided that you're a follower of his, that you're a follower of Jesus, that you're, if you've decided you're a Christian, that you're identified by Christ, that that's your identity and who you are, then you and I in the church throughout all time in history and present, we are being formed into the bride of Christ. That we're all being prepared and put together and loved into the bride that we will come together with Christ on that day. And there'll be a great party, a great feast. And the picture is, is that that God pulls people from the highways and the byways and he invites them in and and just from all over the place. And, uh, just from everywhere. The first time I heard that scripture, like about just, you know, God inviting people into a banquet. Uh, I was in, uh, La Paz, uh, Mexico and, uh, we were down there doing this festival, like pre-work for a festival that we were going to do down there. And so we went down for a week and prepped things. And, and, uh, the leader there, I was just like young, early twenties. He's just like, he read the scripture and he goes, so go invite people. And so I'm like, really? And, and, you know, my Spanish was, uh, un poquito, you know, just a little bit, you know, in, in muy mal, very bad, you know? And so, but I could read Spanish really well. I took Spanish one, like three times, um, and, and, and finally got a C. But so we went down there and, and so we, I would take things and I would read this to people and just invite and, you know, come on, just come on. It's, it's open to everybody. Come on. This is, this is good. This is God's love. This is, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this has to get out. This has to get out that God loves people. This has to get out that Jesus loves in such a way that he sees all people as a part of his bride that he is marrying at the end of time. And it's pretty incredible because all of our brokenness is added to that bride. Like the real you, the real me is brought in to this bride and yet somehow God makes it all beautiful being formed together. And so it's within that context that we love another person. It's within that context that you are married or you will be married in that time. I know it transformed my life when I met Christians and they would have me over for meals. And I saw people love one another, a a husband and wife love each other and defer one another and serve one another and use good manners with each other. It transformed my life because I was just a 15 year old kid. And and these people just, you know, had me over and I was able to observe, observe their family, how they loved one another. And it's within that context that we get to do it. Isn't that great? Isn't that good? Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.